1: fantasy basketball podcast on this monday thanks so much for joining us dj trainer here joined by andre snelling's andre it's been snowing here in madison over the weekend and it sounds like you're just getting it now in michigan
2: yeah it hit us hard it started snowing yesterday morning and um continued until this morning so all the kids got out this morning and uh <laughs> You know, I, I had to go shovel nine inches of snow off my driveway before I could get out the car, I mean, get out the uh, house. So, you know, good times. This winter.
1: <laughs> it, it's winter. It's winter. That first snowfall is fine. Like, I, I'm kind of liking it now. Um, but the issue is when we, we start doing this, you know, five, six, 20 times. And that that's when you're ready for it to be over. But I, I'm kind of enjoying it right now.
2: Yeah, um, I think, I don't know, what was it? There was back-to-back winters. Where we had like record snowfalls, and and you know, you, you said five, 10, 15 times. It seemed like we were doing this like every day for about yeah. two months. um A pipe burst in my living room two years in a row. Oh, no. I'm pretty much burnt out on it forever. You know, like <laughs> I don't think I'll ever enjoy this. You know, it's just something you live through.
1: Yep, it, it, it's what it is. All right, well, we're here to talk basketball, so let's stick to that for the rest of the pod, but you got to talk the the general first winter storm of the year, especially when we're both feeling it. Um, You know, uh, Andre, later in the day, well, we're recording this midday Monday, but later in the day, you'll see me appear on NBA TV, and I did some quick hitters. I did five quick hitters, but you know, you only get so much time. You get like 20 seconds per hit, and I figured, why not come on here with Andre, and we can expand upon some of these, because looking forward this week, it really is, it's close to the five biggest stories in fantasy, or the five interesting things that are going on in fantasy coming up this week, so we'll be talking Talking Timberwolves, talking Memphis Grizzlies, Tim Frazier, Los Angeles Lakers, and even Kenneth Fareed. So let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, the Timberwolves are the only team in the league that plays just two games this week. Everybody else around the league at least plays three or four games. Now I think that Carl Anthony Towns and Zach Levine are locked and loaded. You're gonna play those guys this week, you know, when you have to schedule when you have to lock in your guys for a weekly fantasy league. But I'm not so sure about Andrew Wiggins. I think the rest of the guys, you know, we can talk about. But what do you think about Andrew Wiggins compared to somebody who plays four games this week? There are 15 teams in the league that play at least four games this week compared to Andrew Wiggins, just two.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. um, You know, so first it's going to depend on what kind of league you're talking about. Right. Um, In a a rotisserie league, I don't know that you have to play Wiggins because he's— he doesn't really contribute much except scoring, and so if if you're in a league where he's playing twice, you know two games of even say he gets 20, 25 a game, so that's 50 points. Where if you can start somebody that averages 15 points a game for four games, you know you're going to make up those points plus a lot of other categories. So Wiggins isn't a must start for me, and actually in my points based league, even the other two aren't must starts. I actually I have Carl Anthony Towns. In a, a points-based league, where you only start five players, so you only start one center. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm sitting him because, I mean, he, he's great. He's averaging 15 points, which is a lot in our league. But um, two times 15 is 30. And I've got another center, Marcin Gortat, who's averaging 10. So four times 10 is 40. You know, so it's just easy math.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's as simple as that. Of course, you can go on Rotowire.com, click on articles. Eric, Rotowire's own Eric Johnson does our NBA weekly player rankings, and you can see the breakdown in games. We also have great tools on the website where you can pick a future date. You know, uh, you can kind of tell if your team's going to be good or not if you're going to have a fantasy team, and maybe you'd like to trade for somebody who plays quite a few games when your playoffs come. It's certainly, you know, sometimes you look at some trades and you and you kind of shake your head. But when the playoffs roll around, I know a couple years back, like. Steph Curry played five games during like the first round of playoffs, I think like three or four years ago. And so he wasn't quite the Steph Curry he was today. But if you knew you were going to make it to the playoffs, trading down, quote-unquote down, um, makes sense. If you're going to have somebody playing five games compared to a two or three down the road, I might be getting ahead of myself. But, of course, um, two games versus four games versus five games certainly matters. So be cautious with the Minnesota Timberwolves this week. Somebody who's been absolutely on fire, Andre, uh, Marcus Saul. Uh, he just won Western Conference Player of the Week that was just announced recently a few minutes ago. He's quickly shooting up overall rankings. I know if you go on ESPN right now and you click player ranking, I think he's third overall. Like that seems surprising to me. Um, but they they're on a winning streak. Six games winning six games winning streak. During that winning streak, he's averaging 25 and a half points and over 5 assists per game. I think the main thing here that I'm assuming you're going to touch on is that he's averaging 1 point six made three pointers this season coming into this year he had never made more than three total in a season and that's what's really been making him such an overall all-around player that he never really was in years past
2: yeah definitely um you know with Gasol knocking down the three that kind of closes the loop especially so with, with mike Conley out he's getting a lot more assists so you you got a center who's shooting almost 50 percent from the field, 80 percent from the line, um, scoring at least over the last month, which includes that six games. But it's not the whole, you know, that th- this includes time outside of that six games, too. But yeah. for the month, he's averaging 20.6 points. Um, his rebounds are kind of low for a center over that period, 6.1. But, you know, four and a half assists, one point seven threes, 1.6 blocks, 1.0 steals. There, there's literally nothing he's not contributing positively to and he's not um, a high volume dribbler so he's not turning the ball over a a whole whole lot either so um yeah especially while conley's out he's almost a a a fantasy player without weakness you know he's not he's kind of the opposite of a russell westbrook or james harden (laughs) where they're going to give you these massive outlier categories but they also might give you eight turnovers a game (laughs) um he he, he's not hurting you anywhere and 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 that's kind of hard to beat
1: yeah, no, that's certainly the case. And and you mentioned over five and a half assists per game during that winning streak. I mean, I don't know how the the Grizzlies are really coming together. They're on a six game win streak. Conley, I believe, has sat out the last seven games. It's, it's almost astonishing. But, you know, I, I always talk about like drive and determination to win games, especially in the NBA. Like these guys really need to get motivated because the season is so long. And having their backs to the wall, having not a 100% personnel ready to go, you know, sometimes that just flips a switch for teams. And all these guys have enough talent. We're seeing, uh, you know, Andrew Harrison. We're seeing uh, Troy Daniels, Troy Williams, Jermichael Green. They're absolutely balling out. And it's just because there's feet to their fire, not necessarily anything else. So I, I guess I'm not terribly surprised that they've excelled with Mike Conley out because, again, it's all about motivation to me in the NBA.
2: Yeah, motivation is huge. And also um, Um, having players that are maybe being underutilized for the whole team. You know, like you you look at a team like Golden State, right? All of their starters could be doing more, but they're not for the sake of the team so that everything will mesh. But if somebody got injured, you know, there's somebody there that could step up. And so we talked a lot about how essentially they're running their whole offense through Gasol now, and he's got the skill set to be able to handle that. And, you know, I mean, I – I'm always on the soapbox about big men getting assists. That's just a tried and true method of of um, you know making a big impact from from the big position. That's why Draymond Green is so valuable to to Golden State. So you know having a player like Gasol that they could that, that was underutilized that he could do more you know, more than he was doing before um, is also another key for, for why they're having so much success.
1: Yeah, and I, I think Marcus Saul could end up being on a lot of winning fantasy league rosters because he did take a hit this year. He only played 52 games last year. He's 31 years old. I mean, for a center, last year he only averaged seven rebounds per game. Ideally, you'd like to get more. He's only doing 6.2, but he's added to the three to his game. So you, you take what you can get there and, and kind of leave behind some rebounds. I think people are perfectly fine with that. But his stock was falling, and if anything, it, it's on the rise mm-hmm. right now. Because even in a league where I don't have turnovers, like you mentioned, Andre, that's a big bonus for him, he's still the 15th-ranked player in the league. And like I said, your player ratings on ESPN, I think, in one league I'm in right now, he's he's third overall. So I, like I said, I think he'll be on a lot of winning rosters this this year because I think he was he was being drafted too low for what he's producing right now.
2: Yeah, and uh, I was guilty of that. I mean, I was in an auction <laughs> league where— I mean obviously it was that that points based league I was just talking about. So I had Carl Anthony Town, so I wasn't worried about getting a center, but I was trying to strategize with uh, you know, another member of the league, uh Pete actually. <laughs> he um he had drafted Three, you know, more starting guards than he could use, and I needed a guard, so I was kind of trying to prevent him from getting a, a good center, so that I could, you know, force him to trade uh, with me. You know, I think I got Marcin Gortat. I was like, you know, <laughs> maybe I could trade him as the centerpiece for one of my guards, and he ended up getting Gasol for really cheap. And at the time, I was like, well, you know, Gasol kind of fade, and this won't be a big deal. Now Pete has no need for a center, so you know, <laughs> that kind of that backfired on me. <laughs> yeah,
1: that, that's that's how it goes, I suppose. That's fantasy for you. That's why it's fun though too uh last night in phoenix tim frazier produced a triple double off the bench in a close win over the suns even with the return of drew holiday now holiday actually played 40 minutes but frazier snuck in there for 38 minutes of his own that to me suggests that frazier will have uh you know be a staple off the bench moving forward this season during the continued absence of tyreek evans and correct me if i'm wrong that makes Frazier still relevant in just about all formats. If he can give you a triple-double off the bench, what's holding him back from being owned in basically every league there is?
2: Yeah, if if he can do that consistently, then, then obviously that would— well, he would be Russell Westbrook if he did that consistently. <laughs> but if he could contribute at that level consistently, then, then obviously that would be huge. But if I'm not mistaken— um, uh. Was it Etwan Moore? No, I guess he played. I was thinking, like, they had several injuries in their backcourt. It wasn't just Drew Holiday. And Holiday came back, but did, I don't know that everybody else did. Yeah, so uh, I,
1: Tyreek Evans is the big one that remains out. Quincy Pondexter. But you know what? Like, that whole cast of characters has been getting hurt. You check one day, half of them are hurt. You check the next day, they're healthy. I think the biggest thing, though, for Tim Frazier is probably that Buddy Hield has really fallen out of the rotation.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think, because I, I feel like on Friday... Or, or their previous game buddy hill played um got minutes and um mm-hmm. uh solomon hill is is another one to get some time there and then uh uh what, what's my man from um new york uh he used to play in new york now he he's there uh i'm blanking on his name he, uh, Langston uh galloway Langs-
1: oh yeah that's right
2: you know he's getting some minutes there too so i guess my point is i don't expect um you know i don't expect fraser to be able to get enough opportunity to put up uh, starter caliber production on a, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's one of those guys that if you've got a deep roster, um, he's okay to have around because there are always injuries in that backcourt and he can always, you know, he can get hot and ramp up at any time. But I don't think he's a must own. I think he's more of a, a luxury. And if, if somebody gets hurt, then break glass and, and put him in the lineup.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, Tim Frazier has been a, a tough guy to deal with over the last couple of seasons because he's been a journeyman, just like Ish Smith. Like, Tim Frazier is a second coming of Ish Smith. It's like this guy lands on a 10 day contract, plays 30 minutes a game, and flirts with a triple double. And then the team decides, ah, oh, you know what, we're, we're going to pass on him. It's like, how do you pass on a guy that's like, can actually get a triple double every if he sees enough minutes? Um, Langston Galloway, Etwan Moore, these have been staples in other teams' lineups in the past. And so you're right, I could see Frazier falling out, but for now, I mean, what did he play last night? He, he snuck in there for 38 minutes. If he's going to continue playing 38 minutes, then you certainly have to give him a look. But like Andre said, I mean, proceed proceed with caution, for sure. Um, because for whatever reason, teams just do not quite fall in love with him like fantasy owners do. Uh, we can move on to the Los Angeles Lakers Lou Williams has been on a tear of late. Coming into last night's game Sunday against the Knicks, he was averaging, Andre, more than 34 points heading into Sunday. I think that trend could come to an end, though. Last night, he only scored 24 points, but most importantly, D'Angelo Russell and Nick Young came back. They only combined for 37 minutes, but you have to think that number will continue to rise, meaning a little less time for Lou Williams, and of course he cannot keep up that ridiculous pace that he's set for himself over the last couple of weeks.
2: Yeah. I mean, so Lou Williams was one of my favorite DFS um, kind of value guy rocks for most of the year. You know, he um, the Lakers were doing this really equal opportunity thing where they had, I think, six players averaging more than nine points and nobody averaging more than 15. But Lou was already their leading scorer. You know, so um, he's value even when everybody's there. But, yeah. Yeah he can't keep averaging 30 a game, you know, I mean, <laughs> he, he, he comes off the bench. And if, if there other uh, starting point guards and, and wings are there, they're going to need their shots. So I think he probably falls back into that, you know, 15 points per game, solid value, you know, but, um, uh, don't look for him to, to, to finish the season like Kobe.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I mean, when he was on this stretch, it, it was fair to say that he could be ranked ahead, at least weekly rankings, ahead of guys like West, Matthew, Beal, Eric Gordon. I mean, you could even get dangerous and say that he should be ranked ahead of C.J. McCollum, DeMar DeRozan. And you know what? Our man, our man Eric Johnson did just that. And if you look at his weekly rankings, he has Lou Williams as the second best shooting guard to own this week. However, I believe that this article was posted before it was known D'Angelo and Nick Young were going to come back in last night's game. So take that. With a grain of salt. But obviously, a lot of value to be had. I mean, Lou Williams has been just kind of like, uh, I mean, you can say Tim Frazier's been a, str- uh, a struggle to figure out. Lou Williams is a guy that's consistently gotten minutes, but you just don't know when he's going to take off. And a lot of his value does come from just strictly points. Um, and, and traditionally, you know, he's not going to chip in a lot elsewhere. And that's why it's been tough for me to own him because uh, it's just kind of like ri- ride the wave and then the wave is going to end eventually.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, he's one that is so much about what type of game you're playing. Um, if you're playing year-long rotisserie, then, yeah, he's he's limited. He's one-dimensional. And so he can be somebody that's nice to have if your team requires scoring, um, but he's not some that's someone that's a must-play in that format. But, again, you know, in DFS, which is kind of a points-based and it's also going to be dependent on how the, the league values you, and he's been consistently valued fairly low um, for most of the year. So – He's been, I would say, he's probably been on like sixty to seventy percent of my DFS lineups this year because he's always a guy that I can get. Normally, if I can get thirty points out of a player and it's a value player, then that's you know that that that's great for me. And he's been pretty consistent with that all year. And yes, maybe a good chunk of that come from from points, but um, if you're playing DFS, it doesn't really matter where it comes from as long as you get it.
1: Fair enough, uh, Andre. Go ahead and take a break here while I tell our listeners about. Blitz Pick. Do you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but struggle to find the time to research players and track news, especially on mobile devices? Well, download Dr- Blitz Pick, your DFS command center. Blitz Pick is a state of the art mobile companion for FanDuel and DraftKings users, featuring a lineup optimizer, player news, injury alerts, historical stats, and much more. Their proven lineup optimizer incorporates advanced analytics and game theory to keep you a step ahead of the competition. Blitz Blitz picks new news comes directly from us here at RotoWire, ensuring that you never miss a story. Get injury alerts pushed directly to your phone as soon as the news breaks. Break, excuse me. Blitz pick even recommends the best replacements. Check out their value play section for the right players to build your lineups around, or you can pick a few and then let the Blitz pick optimizer do the rest or fill your lineup. Up manually, relying on their accurate projections. Blitzpick is available in the iPhone and Google Play stores. All right, Andre, I, I tempted it early when we started this and this is something that I would kind of like to dig into not just this one player and who I'm going to talk about is Kenneth Freed but really the team as a whole Kenneth Freed owners got to exercise some caution I have them in our staff keeper basketball league Um, I've mentioned him a few times on on some other days and some other podcasts especially on Friday with Ken and Shannon uh, he put up a double-double on 24 minutes Saturday against the Magic, but the game before that he was a DNPCD uh, by Mike, Coach Mike Malone. This, this is really confusing to me, and I think this is the thing that I'm struggling most with this week ahead. The Nuggets play three games this week. And for me, I really don't know if Farid is going to start, if he's going to come off the bench, or he's just not going to play entirely because Malone did say after that DNPCD that it was more of a matchup matter and a personnel matter, not that Farid was in the doghouse. Uh, Andre, how do you read this situation?
2: Yeah, Fareed, for this week, I might hold off on him. Um, it's interesting, a guy named Steve Ahrens, Uh He's at Supernova, SuperNovas10 on Twitter. He um, Shout out he, Steve.
1: He, <laughs> shout
2: out Steve, yeah. He, he sent me a message last week on the 8th um, because uh, Coach Malone had announced that he was just changing the starting lineup, just kind of trying to get things jump-started, and he had moved Fareed to the bench in, in favor of uh, Darrell Arthur. And, you know, Steve was asking, like, man, is there any idea on what Fareed keeps doing to get in the doghouse every year? And, you know, my answer then is the same, I would say, as my answer now is it. I really don't have any idea because <laughs> it, it seems like it almost is like they're not – in a way, he's like a, a big man version of uh, Tim Frazier. It's like he comes in, and if you watch the games, he looks like he's playing hard. Oh, like yeah. He's out there, like, beasting and jumping and diving and, you know, pushing jokers <laughs> and dunking through them. And then the next game, they'll be like, oh, yeah, he's moving to the bench. And I mean, you know, but with no explanation. So um, I think... Because he was just moved out of the lineup this week, um, and then right after that he had that DNP CD, um, that would suggest that maybe in the short term he's a little bit risky. Um, I did see that Darrell Arthur is, is questionable tonight um, because uh, he, he's dealing with a ouchie injury. So that could get Fareed back into the lineup, you know, and he might play the whole week normal minutes. But it's just – I guess my, my thing would be if you have an option that's similar caliber um, and it's more of a short thing, that this might be the week to run with it. Now, if you don't have anything else or, if, if you know, if you have to pick up somebody that you're just kind of like on a wing and a prayer that they might keep playing, well, then, yeah, go with Fareed because even after all we said, he might come out with 17 and 17 tonight. I mean, you just never know, but you play the odds. And and if, if, if the, the rumors and the wind blowing is that somebody might be sitting more than usual this week. um, And he's only got three games, you know, this might be the week to sit him.
1: Yeah, I tell you what, I'm just so perplexed because we had all of this happen within one week, right? So it wasn't like he was a DNPCD and then you got to set your lineups again. It was, oh, Mm -hmm. he's back out there, got a solid double double, helped my field goal percentage. And you're right. He's one of the hardest players in the NBA. And it's just like, why do NBA teams not like him? I think what it comes down to in today's NBA, he isn't a stretch four. And, you know, we we keep, like, over the last couple of years, we've been saying, oh, it'd be nice if this team had a stretch four. It'd be nice if this team has a stretch four. Every team has a stretch four these days. And the uh, the Nuggets want to deploy that 100%. And it seems like most teams around the league want to. And so if they have somebody like Darrell Arthur there, or even if they slide down Wilson Chandler or Danilo Gallinari to the stretch four, they're a little more potent on offense. And it seems that Kenneth Fareed's style of play is his own doom, even though he's one of the hardest players around the entire league.
2: Yeah, I can go with that. And plus, you know, kind of an elephant in the room, I think I'm actually going to write about it on the Hoops Lab tonight, is um, Nikola Jokic is supposed to be their best player. And he had like a terrible first month, month and a half of the season. But he's also started waking up lately. He's, you know, he's had a a double-double in maybe four of his last five games. And the way that Fareed got into the starting lineup, they were starting uh, Jokic and Nurkic. And then they realized that, well, starting two centers in today's NBA doesn't work. So then they said, well, we'll sit Jokic and bring Fareed in. Well, now Jokic is, 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 seems to be uh, stepping up to the plate. And so, you know, you mentioned three other forwards, right, and Wilson Chandler. Um, so you got Wilson Chandler, Kenneth Fareed, Jokic, Nurkic. Gallinari. Uh, Gallinari. Um, Barton is like a swing man. So he plays some some forward. So essentially, it's a minute's crunch and and somebody has to sit. And I guess you're right. They feel like, okay, we've got some, you know, some true seven foot bigs and we've got some kind of three, four types that are, are, are good scorers and good talent. So, you know, maybe a guy like Fareed, he just gets the short end of the straw.
1: Yeah, and, and there's been reports over the last three years that Fareed has been on the trade block, and and his own inability, perhaps, to shoot the three pointer has been his own doom. Um, it's it's well known the Nuggets need to make a move. They're actually too deep uh, in the preseason. We were going through Nick Whalen, and I were going through you know who has the best bench, and I think the Nuggets easily have the best bench because if you take you know their five through ten starters, you could argue that they might be better uh, or their bench players. You can argue that the five through ten guys guys might actually be better than the one through five guys, but that's not a good thing. You can't you don't want your five through ten players to be just as good or maybe even better than your one through five. They need to thin out somewhere. Everybody talks about thinning out, thinning out at the point guard, shooting guard, really all over the place. But for you moving forward for a team that's in transition that still is a few years out. Specifically, where do they need to thin out? Because I hear a lot of this thin out, thin out, but nobody really says Gallinari and Chandler need, are the ones that need to go. It's, it's more like, you know, they need to make a move. But what do you think specifically they should do moving forward?
2: Right, right. So it's not even so much about thin out to me. It's more about concentrate. Okay. And so uh, a, a handful of years ago, right, um, they were built around Carmelo Anthony. So it was Carmelo and the gang. And then they traded Carmelo for a big package of talent, including ironically the two you just mentioned, uh, Wilson Chandler and Gallinari. And so it seems to me they need to re- re-reverse that, you know. Maybe not a Carmelo, but they need to, to to trade some of their talent and try to concentrate it into one player. So it seems to me Nikola Jokic is a keeper. Like he's, he's their guy that I think they're building for for the future. Um, and And guys like you know they they have useful guys, like will Barton, I think he's someone that maybe you keep on the team he's a he's a cheap swing man, yeah, but you know, those forwards, you know, Wilson Chandler, he, he showed this year he had a Lou Williams stretch, you know, a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, yeah. You know, so so he can score, he can play. Galinari was their leading scorer all last year. We know he could score twenty something a game if given the op- option, so he can play. Um and you mentioned Fareed's been on the block. Maybe nobody wants him. So maybe you hold on to him. But but you take a couple of those forwards, I think they're the probably the the best resource they have that is somewhat expendable, and and try to put them together. Um, they look like they'll be in the lottery. I don't know their draft situation, but you know, put together a package of hey, we've got some some valuable or some some solid veterans and some some draft picks, and maybe try to get an impact player in the backcourt. Um, they they spent their last two lottery picks on uh, Emmanuel Mudiay and Jamal Murray. I think Moutier has enough limitations that it doesn't appear that he's going to be like a superstar. And um, Jamal Murray, the book is still out. He's a shooter. But again, you know, I, I think that's where they need to, to try to concentrate it. If they can get a perimeter uh, talent to, to, to balance out with what they've got with Nikola Jokic, that that could be their, their kind of uh, main foundation moving forward.
1: I love it. I love that terminology. If you don't mind, I'm going to rip that from you for the rest of the year, Andre. Uh, Don't thin out, concentrate. And you're totally right. I I love that breakdown. Now let's do a quick little bonus here. I just saw this news uh, come across the wire not that long ago. Uh, Jeremy Lin, dealing with that hamstring issue, of course, will play in Monday's game against the Rockets, but expects to be on a minutes restriction. I know in a couple of my leagues, he's been on the IR basically all season. I drafted him decently high because on this Nets team, he should get all the opportunity in the world where do you think when healthy he he stacks up against other point guards in the league moving forward this season and we'll we'll end here
2: yeah I think um moving forward when he's healthy that he's he he, he fits in the starter caliber of point guards you know that on a, a standard rotisserie team you got a point guard shooting guard guard and a utility or two I think Lynn probably fits in either the guard or the utility slot. Um, I don't know that he's a superstar, you know, somebody that has to be in one of the 10 or 12 definite point guard starting slots, but he should be starting on pretty much every team. Um, And then he has upside because, you know, in, in that handful of games he did play, He had a few games where he would bust out an old school insanity game, like 30 (laughs) points and, uh, you know, 10 assists or something. But then he also would have the, the kind of quiet games. And those are maybe more concerning on a team where there's not a lot else. You know, you would think he would be able to to be consistent if that was in him. So I don't think he's a top of the league type player, but I do think he's a everyday starter when he's healthy.
1: Fair enough. I, I tend to agree with you. All right, that's going to do it for Andre and I. Andre, uh, you mentioned the Hoops Lab. I'll, I'll go ahead and let you uh, promote that yourself, and if you want to throw out your Twitter handle as well before we get out of here.
2: Definitely. So um, the Hoops Lab is an article that I've written on RotoWire for the last close to a decade, and you know it's won a couple of awards. And so we we've spun it off into a blog. It's called the Hoops Lab blog. It's HoopsLab.RotoWire.com. Um, You know, I I talk about all things NBA. You know, there's a big fantasy section. There's an analytics section for you stat heads out there like me. There's a scouting section. There's a history section. You know, I I talk a lot about, you know, players that have come before. So anything NBA, um, uh, come to hoopslab.rotowire.com. And then you can follow me on Twitter. A lot of my content comes through my Twitter page. It's Professor Driz. That's Professor D-R-Z, all one word.
1: All right. Andre, thanks so much for joining us. Coming up either Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, Nick Whalen and I will be back here on the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast.